0: My name is Samantha Lewis introducing another exciting podcast leading today's podcast we have Barry Render author of the number one operations management title on the market today's guest is Miguel Gonzalez chief procurement officer at DuPont Miguel and Barry will be discussing supply chain issues at DuPont thanks Samantha and Sam thank you so much Miguel for joining us today I'm no, thrilled thank to really you. Have you. We have so many questions to ask you about uh, your company and about supply chain issues and your view of things. But to start, can you just tell us a little bit about your background uh, and maybe something about the company and and the number of people you're in charge of and so on? Perfect. So,
1: my name is Miguel Gonzalez. I'm uh, originally from Spain. Then I joined the Navy early in you know in my career for six years. After that, I worked for General Electric Plastics in Spain. With them, we moved to the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, I worked for GE and then for Nalco, part of Ecolab. With them, we moved to the US 21 years ago. And then in the US, I worked for Nalco, Kraft, now DuPont. So as you can see, it's a mix of industrial, chemical, food, electronics, airspace, automotive, multiple industries. Most of my career has been supply chain, procurement, manufacturing, and Six Sigma, I'm a black belt certified. Okay. And within DuPont, DuPont has around $13 billion of revenue. And for us for procurement, that means around $10 billion of spend under management. And my team globally, it's around 500 people. That includes sourcing, service centers, back office work, trade compliance, and logistics operations.
0: That's a huge responsibility, Miguel, and the last few years have been uh kind of brutal to supply chain managers and procurement in general, so I've, I've got a couple of questions for you. What keeps you awake at night, and uh how do you deal with all of these issues, and what are the crises that DuPont has had to face during these last four years?
1: So, you know, what keeps me awake at night? Well, I don't know. and. <laughs> There is, you know, is what you know and what you can control. And then there are things you don't know or the things you can not control. And I think the last four years show us, you know, it's, uh, what can happen. We all had contingency plans. Over the year, we developed natural disasters, you know, raw material resilience. And then COVID, the pandemic, supply chain issues, logistics capacity, Ukraine. I mean, you put it all that together, nobody was prepared for that. Then inflation now deflation, demand. So what we have seen is literally in the last four years, we have seen two full cycles, up, down, up, down, where in the past, a cycle will take five, 10 years. So the speed of change and the level of volatility is unseen. So as we keep looking at our contingency plans, it's, you can do as much as you can do. You can have some inventory, you know, safety stocks, but at the end, it's a, you know trying to be ahead of the game. Risk management has become like the, the hype in the last two, three years, where in the past, it was kind of like a side job. You were supposed to do risk management. Now it's like, you have to do risk management. Not, nothing else matters. Who cares if you can get those materials cheap? You cannot get them.
0: Interesting, interesting. Have you had to, in this period close any plans that we had to lay off workers at DuPont to deal with the supply chain problems?
1: So we didn't, and uh, you know, sometimes I say, oh, we got lucky, but no, we didn't. It's, it's not a question of luck. I think our long-term strategies pay off. So DuPont for years, we have been about, as part of the SRM, Supplier relationship Management, we look at our critical suppliers, strategic partners, we build long-term relationships. And then during the pandemic, they took care of us because over the year we took care of them. So we had a lot of rescheduling. We did have to do a lot of, you know, uh, extra work, but we didn't shut down a plan. We didn't shut down any customers. And, you know, we did, you know, when you look outside, we did better than most. And yes, we can get some credit, but the thing at the end is the years of building those strategies with our strategic suppliers that paid off.
0: Wonderful. How about your staff? I mean, was there a lot of pressure on them? Did you have major problems dealing with that?
1: Yeah, it's a, I mean, come on. There was both personal and professional. We were all dealing with COVID and, mm-hmm. you know, lockdowns and families. And then on top of that, working from home, completely different from what we were used to. And then the world upside down. So this took a toll on everyone, all of us. We pay for it. In terms of stress, mental health, you name it. Now we're slowly coming back to normal. But over that period of time, you know, we became leaner, do more with less. And with all these volatility, complexity issues, there is a point where people start to burn out. So you have to really take care of them because you know there is so much you can do and there is a lot of things you cannot do. But at the end, it's a we know that. The success of any company, any group, is about people. I mean, yes, you can talk about technology and tools. It's about people. If you don't have the right team, you don't have the right talent. If your team is not engaged, everything else falls apart.
0: I'm glad you pointed that out. That's really that is really important. Uh, you know, in the past, in procurement, uh, cost and price have been the number one issue. Is that changed now in this sort of new era?
1: So obviously, we are procurement. So price. It's important. Cost is important. But I think by now, most companies, for and it has been a trend for the last years, it's, it's about value creation. It's in may, and it, it different by categories. Some, some categories don't take me wrong. It's all about price. It's extremely tactical, transactional, who cares? You know, office supplies, you know, copier, paper, I don't care. But those are few. In most of our categories on what we buy, both raw materials, logistics, and indirects, it's about creating value beyond savings. And when I, th- by value, I mean where the real value for the enterprise is about how do we support innovation? How do you support growth, sustainability? Regulatory compliance. Look what's happening in the last few years about packaging regulations in Europe. It's crazy. Human rights. That's how you create value. How do you avoid shutdowns? How do you support growth? Yes, price always is important. But I think over the years we realize it's becoming less and less important.
0: It's being important. What would you view as your most important strength as your head of as your head of procurement?
1: Ooh. So let me so I guess it's I mean, you think about Dupont as a company, we are a, a company of innovation. Our portfolio is extremely strong. And we are, you know, one of our strengths is our customer intimacy and our innovation pipeline. So then that brings that culture into procurement. And it's all about the people, the talent, and the mindset, having this value creation mindset. So that brings, you know, to me as individual, I think my strength is my ability to build relationships, internal and external, internal stakeholders, and externally with some of our strategic partners to build trust. Because that, at the end, really, when things get tough, it's about who do you trust, who has been taking care of you, and to develop people. As I said, it's until you don't get your A-team and you have the best talent, everything else becomes much
0: harder. That's a great answer. Uh, In our textbook on operations management, we deal a lot with supply chain risk. Uh, Is this something you think about all the time? Do you have a plan, strategy?
1: it's something we always thought about it now is front page in everything we do you know enterprise risk management erm now we have fully dedicated teams you know i keep talking about four or five years ago i only have one person and it was part-time doing esg now i have a team of five people doing esg and risk management and they cannot keep up because there is so much going on so that's that's critical But think also how the world has changed. There are things have always been there. You know, I mean, soil sources, raw material resilience, natural disasters. But the geopolitical environment has changed a lot. I mean, Ukraine, nobody. And I'm from Europe. Mm-hmm. That should have never happened. War in Europe, nobody saw that coming. And look, two years later, it's still there. Look in the Middle East, what's happening right now. And others, other parts of the world. So that what really keeps me awake. Because some of those like Ukraine, we went through the, you know, the, the hoops and then now it's kind of like an under control two years later. We know what we need to do. Middle East, if it escalates, it will hurt, but there are other potential geopolitical situations that if something were to happen, it, it's, it's the end. We don't have plans. Nobody will have plans to mitigate the potential impact. So that's the one that I'm really concerned when if something were to get out of hands.
0: I understand, Miguel. Your your insights have been fantastic. I just have one final question for you. I guess a lot of our podcast listeners are going to be students studying uh, undergraduate majors in business. And um, what piece of advice would you give to a business major uh, who's going to be graduating this year or next? Ooh. I know it's a tough question. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so probably, probably two. I'm going to do two. One is never stop learning. So you graduate, that doesn't mean you're done. Not absolutely not. I mean, the world changes and changes so much. So you have to stay sharp. You need to attend conferences. You need to keep reading podcasts, whatever it is. Uh, you have to stay, you know, keep learning. Second, develop your professional network. And I'm not talking in Facebook. To a point I'm talking LinkedIn, but you have to invest. You have to build that network of peers. You have your emotional support network, but also people you can reach out when you have a question, you have a problem, your professional network. People can share with you best practices because at the end, it's not like we wake up in the morning and we are genius. No, we just listen and pick best practices, ideas from everybody around. We put them together and then we develop something that makes sense. So keep learning, invest in your professional network.
0: Thanks, Mikel. And I noticed you're you're a black belt also. You have your... Certification. So you've G yeah, the- Terrific. Yeah. Thank you. It was just a pleasure having you on a podcast today. We thank you very much for your time. Look forward to talking to you again.
1: No, thank you, Barry. Thank you for having me.